What's up, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades? I'm sure you've heard the news by now. Sancta Maria, ora pro nobis, and uh, good God, good Holy Trinity, uh, Jesus, the second person of the Holy Trinity, miserere nobis, meaning have mercy on us. A bit of grace has been extended nationally today through the transaction of the Dobbs versus Jackson women's health opinion, which the Supreme Court pushed to the very end of the term. They go to recess on Monday, but not before handing down the last opinion of the day, Dobbs versus Jackson women's health, which, as a matter of fact, overturned Roe versus Wade. Rejoice. Today, we're going to discuss what exactly that means, because uh, I get so many DMs and emails to timothyjgordon.com, timothyjgordon at timothyjgordon.com, and private messages saying what is entailed here, what's the legal theory, it was very, very weak, bad, uh, tendentious legal theory that gave us Roe versus Wade in the first place, but what exactly happens, what does it mean to turn back to the states, the issue of abortion, what does it really mean to turn back from the judiciary to the legislature, the issue of abortion, what is the so-called right of privacy, what is substantive due process, we'll, we'll deal with all of this a little bit today, as well as the cultural ramifications. Um, I had, do we have those videos queued up? Had a, a, a guy, John, thank you, uh, a man on the street out at the Supreme Court, and he sent some vids from right after, he, he, he said Marjorie Taylor Greene walked by, and I think this is uh, the voice you're hearing in this course, uh, uh, less, than, less than womanly display of yelling and, and horse raspy advocation for 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 abortion yeah it's a, it's a giant tantrum let's let's play that video this is all but live you know 15 minutes old You can see in this video that the uh, protesters on either side, pro-abortion and anti-abortion, are mixed. They stopped partitioning them, I guess right before the decision came out, from, from what I'm told, uh, by the man on the street. What, where's the one? I think in the next video you can hear the voice of who I take to be Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, uh, nursing a loss today as a, as a murder supporter. Jim! 
comes the rhyme. There it is. Slant rhyme. Uh, illegitimate. So it, a lot more illegitimate children are going to blessedly be born into the world because of today's ruling. Now, <laughs> what does that mean? 20 states, more than 20 states, have trigger laws. My state, Mississippi, the one that gave you Dobbs versus Jackson women's health, this is a big part of the reason we came here, most conservative state in the union, is one of them. One of the 20 trigger law states. What that means is that there's pre-established legislation in place that would trigger, that would kick in the moment that the judicial block is removed, the judicial occlusion to the state's right of self-determination. It's one of the police powers from the 10th Amendment that each of the several states, now 50 states, hold as the, the most integral part of American federalism, that the police power means the, the right to uh, from state legislatures, not from the national legislature in Washington, D.C., nor the national judiciary, to come up with their own legislation controlling health, safety, welfare, morals, and security. Yes, even security for the state, which surprises a lot of people because they think of the national, you know, martial uh, collective corporate effort by the Fed. No, health, safety, welfare, morals, moral issues, which is the, the sexiest kind of topic about which we get legislation. We in the 21st century are used to the, the national government taking it from the state governments, stealing this birthright of the state legislatures, if you can carry that metaphor. Well, today, in this moral area of whether or not Murder shall be legal across the land from sea to shining sea. We have a, a partitive decision. If you know Latin, you know that means that it gives the power back to the state legislatures. It was not a power that had been taken by the national legislature. It was a power that had been taken by the national judiciary, the high court in 1973's Roe versus Wade. So remember, people. If you want to get square on this issue, what Roe versus Wade did specifically, before we get into the details here, is it made it illegal in all 50 states, not from a legislature, but from the high court, from the bench in 1973, for any of those 50 states, even very conservative ones, to make abortion illegal. Roe versus Wade made it illegal for any of the 50 states to make abortion illegal. That's the way to think about it. Double negative. Illegal for it to be illegal. Today's Dobbs versus Jackson women's health ruling, which we've been waiting for for almost fully two months, just under two months, about seven weeks since uh, May 2nd, the date on which, shamefully, a Supreme Court clerk leaked the decision in ostensible hopes to allow time to pro-abortion pressure groups, violence and terrorism pro-abortion pressure groups, to alter the course of American history and American lawfare and statesmanship by 
threatening, you know, pro-abortion violence, which they've been doing. They've been firebombing abortion clinic, uh, uh, abortion help centers, anti-abortion counseling centers, Catholic churches all around the country, which will obviously ramp up after today. There are already promised threats that are somewhat specific in nature. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Everyone's going to be talking about it. I don't want to spend over much time on that, but we will cover it at the end of today's Rules for Retrogrades. The first thing is we opened the show today with a litany of the saints to give thanks to God, who is holy and good and ever uh, faithful, as, as they say, meaning he will not break his covenant to us and, and to thank, you know, all the saints, Queen of the Saints, Mary, for being, uh, first off, the seed of wisdom, and who has heard our supplications. We, the good guys, we, those of good faith in America, who say, look, we're basically Sodom, we're basically Gomorrah, but there's, there's a remnant. Will God spare the city of Job because of Job alone? Well, the Old Testament answer seems to be no. Sometimes you feel like the New Testament answer is yeah. So what is it? Well, today, because of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, a, a Mississippi case, proud to be a Mississippian, it appears to be the latter, at least for a little bit. We had Roe versus Wade jurisprudence, ladies and gentlemen, for less than 50 years. This is a kind of vote of confidence that maybe the American system still can work. Less than 50 years after Roe versus Wade, 49 years later, it, it was too intolerable. Now, of course, it's 49 years of over a million babies dying per year. And of course, there will be there are 15 states, to be specific, that have essentially the countermanding inverse of trigger laws. 15 states have already declared it's it's all but a right to get an abortion there. 20 or 21 states have trigger laws or equivalents. That means that 14 or 15 states will have to decide, okay, what it means legally, as I was beginning uh, to describe, is that We've had two, two kinds of effectual overturns. Legislation is supposed to be made. Law is supposed to be made in legislatures. That is the idea of the Republican small-r form of government. Not by judiciaries. Judici- there are three branches of government, right? And the first overturn taking place today within the Dobbs decision is the overturn of the idea that judges should be making law. Complete contradiction in the quiddity, in the very essence or definition of what a Republican form of government is. Legislatures who have their power adumbrated in Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, because it's number one, it's the most fundamental branch of the three branches in a Republican form of government, make law. Executive branch, the president or at the state level, governors and their cabinets and their police forces enforce the laws. And in areas of question, 
judiciaries covered in the third article of the U.S. Constitution interpret the law. What happened, such as to deliver Roe versus Wade in 1973, is that the 14th Amendment, which I talk a lot about on this channel, as you know, the 14th Amendment, which was uh, on its own terms, even before it had been overinterpreted by the courts, the high court in, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, early 70s of last century, uh, it already overturned the fundamental subsidiarity of the U.S. Constitution during the antebellum period, pre previous to the, the ratification of the 14th Amendment. What I mean is laws are supposed to be made at the state level. And judges are not supposed to be making law. Judges can interpret law in difficult cases, but they should do so according to the text of the Constitution, not their own private opinion. So that was the ruling legal regime of, of lawfare in the United States. The culture of the rule of law obtains when you say this. We have national government. We have state government. That's the second overturn. The, the state governments, because of the police power of the 10th Amendment, the ability to make laws about health, safety, welfare, moral security, is all supposed to be made at the state level. The sexy legislation, the bulk of legislation in America is supposed to be made by the 50 sovereign peoples. We're not one people, we're peoples. The peoples of the 50 sovereign states. In the state legislatures, in Sacramento, California, or Austin, Texas, in the state capitals, that's where most of the legislation, and by far the sexiest legislation on the most interesting issues, are supposed to be made. Now, the Congress has, in Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, so a, a, a very limited warrant for lawmaking on very specific matters. Now, you guys are supposed to be taught civics and the basic constitution, the basics of the constitution in middle school, and that's not done anymore, specifically because the 14th Amendment, crowning, capping, ending the Civil War, three years after it ended, overturned this. You have been brainwashed, my friends. This is what gave us Roe. If you really want to know, you've been brainwashed into a system of anti-American, un-American government that took hold in the culture after the Civil War, whereupon the 14th Amendment was ratified and it reversed the basic American assumptions and procedures at the level of uh, the rule of law, such that it was not the states with their state legislatures who made individual law for individual states, Instead, Washington, D.C., the federal capital, commandeered the lawmaking power of the 50 states through the 14th Amendment and now said, we're going we're gonna to take over the police power without, without quite articulating those words. So today represents two overturns. It represents the overturn. Laws are supposed to be made, legislation that is, is supposed to be made by legislatures not by judiciaries. Roe was a, quote, law of the land, as leftists always called it. Not a law. 
It was just a ruling by the high court in 1973. A bunch of Luciferian communists who ruled on the Warren Court. Late, late Warren Court. Uh, post-Warren Court, I guess. Number two, today represents an overturn because it's an overturn of federalism. It's a, a, a partial deliverance of American federalism from national-made law. They're not supposed to be making laws on health, safety, welfare, moral security from the 10th Amendment. They're only supposed to be making laws on boring money coining and road making. They can make laws to provide for that. Go check Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution if you don't believe me. They had commandeered this moral legislation, this, this field of moral legislation, and it's an overturn of that because now it's given back to the 50 states, 20 of which have automatic trigger laws. Mississippi's the leader of the United States. I you guys all. Yeah, what's that? Clarence Thomas. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so 20 states, to just recap really quickly, have trigger laws because now it's given back to states and it's given back to their legislatures by the judiciary. This is kind of like Maximus giving Rome in some small way here, her true self again. Laws are supposed to be made by legislatures at the state level, state legislatures, two overturns, not by judiciaries, not by the Fed. 20 states have trigger laws making it illegal. Mississippi's one of the leaders. 15 states will have it guaranteed that you can have an abortion there as a right, and it's a far right, 20. The far left, other 15, there are... Um, 30, you know, 14 or 15 states that are kind of in between that are going to have to ho- sort this out, hopefully the right way. Now, Clarence Thomas, in his concurring opinion, says that in future cases, we should consider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. Holy cow. I Okay. So, those who watch this show, Rules for Retrogrades, religiously know what Griswold is what Lawrence is, and what Obergefell is. I'm going to talk a little bit about this today, though I don't want to get off on a spree. It has to do with the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment was bad enough as it was ratified in 1868 because it overturned the fundamental subsidiarity of the U.S. Constitution. Subsidiarity means localism. The call should be made by the line judge, the ref standing near the play. States have their own police power to make their own laws. Scalia used to, the the blessed uh, Nino Scalia used to call this, uh, the the states that is, the laboratories of experimentation. You can have totally different laws in the 50 states. That's what America was set up to do. Move to a place that is a res publica for you, where you share a public thing, morality, religion, with the other people in that state. There's an overturn of this as we've been discussing, by the 14th Amendment, uh, which disallowed subsidiarity, which disallowed the kind of good legislative diversity that the original Constitution of 1788, the original Bill of Rights of 1791, enshrined. So the 14th Amendment was bad enough is as it was passed in 1868. That's what gave us abortion ultimately, but it didn't get really bad until the Masonic seven or eight out of nine Supreme Court justices started making it really an aggressive 
regime, aggressive interpretive 14th Amendment regime in the late 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. The cases that excellent Catholic faithful Justice Thomas uh, just referenced, Griswold, this is the case where the so-called made-up, wholly fabricated, fathomed right of privacy stemmed. A late 60s case preceding Roe, which made it, just remember, Roe made it illegal for states to make abortion illegal in 1973. In 67 or 68, whenever Griswold was, I used to know it by heart, it made it illegal for the states to make any of the 50 states, to make contraception illegal. And it enshrined a made-up, fathomed right of privacy that does not exist in the text of the Constitution upon which Roe would build. There's another case, uh, Stanley versus Georgia. He might have mentioned it in this list of cases that made it illegal, essentially, for any of the 50 states to make porn illegal based on Griswold. Came a year or two after it. So you get 68 or 69 Griswold versus Connecticut made up right of privacy. For, this is all 14th Amendment legal theory. Uh, there's something called substantive due process, which is a made up doctrine coming from the 14th Amendment, which gives the Fed the right, allegedly, to commandeer the police power from the states. That's all it is. And it comes from the blight of American slavery. They're abusing the crisis of American slavery to wholly uh, uh, birth, to wholly manufacture, synthetically, this substantive due process from the 14th Amendment so that the, the national government, greedy and jealous, like a heinous bitch goddess, Washington, D.C. wants to take from each of the 50 state capitals the right to legislate on the field of those fields of the police power, health, safety, welfare, moral security. Using slavery was the excuse, the pretext to do it. And it got really aggressive in the late 40s, 50s, 60s. So you get Griswold, where the right of privacy is made up, Griswold versus Connecticut, late 60s. Stanley versus Georgia. You apply that new power, and, and, and you know, as I said before, in Griswold, it became illegal for any of the 50 states to make uh, uh, contraception illegal. In Stanley versus Georgia, it became illegal for any of the 50 states, we're talking about the conservative ones, to make pornography illegal. Roe versus Wade came three years later. It became illegal for any of the 50 states to make abortion illegal. Lawrence versus Texas came about 20 years later. Same operative legal theory, bunk garbage legal theory, 14th Amendment, substantive due process, where the state, steal, uh, the Fed steals the right to legislate from the state, anti-subsidiarity, evil, 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 bad, bad, bad. In Lawrence versus Texas, it became illegal for any of the 50 states to make sodomy illegal. In Texas, until Lawrence versus Texas, Texas was the site of it, uh, they had sodomy laws on the books, like many southern states did. It was illegal to rent a motel room with like three or more dudes. I used to be in a band. We would travel around. Uh, I guess it was after Lawrence versus Texas, but somehow some of the motels would still look at you weird or try to hassle you if you're like, look, we're all straight dudes. We just don't have money for six different hotel rooms. 
sodomy laws on the books. Lawrence versus Texas made it illegal for the sensible, good anti-sodomy laws to be made. Illegal to make sodomy illegal. And then, of course, Obergefell is in the recent decade, right? Ten years old now. When Justice Chief Justice John Roberts sold us out at the last minute, the night before the case came out, or two nights before the case came out, and made it illegal for any of the 50 states to make gay marriage illegal. So on these five issues, count to them. They all have the same legal theory. Substantive due process from the 14th Amendment, where the national, the evil Leviathan national government, which will always, Pope Pius XI tells us Catholics, will always rob subsidiarity. The wrong decision will always come out when you rob subsidiarity. It's always the Luciferian decision will come out when you don't let localities figure it out for themselves. Some of you guys have been uh, hoodwinked a bit by the Catholic post-liberals, by the Catholic who call themselves integralists, who say, well, isn't that relativism to have subsidiarity? Isn't it relativism to have the state, the 50 states, be the forums of experimentation? One state can have, you know, contraception, the next state can't. No, no, it would only be relativism if you said that the, the liberal left evil states that have legal contraception or pornography, if you said that they're equally good, that's relativism. It's a, st- a principle of nature to have subsidiarity. And today's Dobbs versus Jackson case is a major win for subsidiarity. And you guys go, well, yeah, but what about the states where murder is still legal? Murder of infants. Okay, that's big. That needs to be addressed. There's a way to address it. But first off, you have to understand that Roe versus Wade is fundamentally, in its essence, what will always happen when, whether they like it or not, the post-liberals get their way. The only group that wants globalism, that wants centralized power, is the same group that doesn't care that subsidiarity is a natural ethical principle stemming from the state of nature. I mean, it's just a, a natural principle, subsidiarity, that the states need to be able to make decisions for themselves. I'm not defending the states that are going to keep abortion legal as long as they can. There's a fair, non-anti-subsidiarian way to make abortion legal illegal in those states too. But Roe versus Wade was the other team, the Luciferians, working against subsidiarity as they always do. By a natural principle, I don't ju- I mean more than just an ethical principle. If I'm going to take my wife on a date, we have seven kids. We have to hire a babysitter. It does not do to try to be the legislator by calling in. We're going to the restaurant 15 minutes away. Call that restaurant Washington, D.C. We can't call in and just give orders to the kids every half hour. Then they're not old enough yet. Some of them are almost old enough to babysit, but not quite. It's a natural principle. If you want to be the governor, the one in charge, you have to be local to the situation. Need state capitals. That's why we have state capitals, to make laws governing that state. We don't need these tyrants in, from Washington, D.C. sticking their noses in. From Honolulu, capital of Hawaii, to Washington, D.C., it's 5,000 miles. 
That is half a world away. Pius XI says Washington, D.C. trying to govern Honolulu, Hawaii on moral precepts is a grave evil wrong every time. Moral laws should be made there. And we always want them to be the right thing. Anti-abortion, anti-sodomy, anti-contraception, anti-porn. These laws outlawing porn, contraception, sodomy, marriage by gays, and uh, homo acts, those are good. See? So I'm not a straight-up legal positivist. I'm not a straight-up libertarian. But they should be made at the state level. And we know what we always want to do. If, if they can't be made at the state level, then it means that that state is not a true republic. They're not trying to legislate the good. That doesn't mean you take it to the next level and you, you have globalism. The law is made from 5,000 miles away. That's what the Luciferians do. So today, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health is, for one thing, a 6-3, not a 5-4 overturn. We're expecting... Politico was saying 5-4. What? Yeah, or Politico was suggesting it was 5-4. Now, I'm thinking... In the run-up to today or today? They just released something a little while ago, but that's contradicted by everything else. So, yeah. Everyone's saying... Okay, yeah, because um, that's not right. Roberts, uh, Roberts left... Now, he wrote a fruity, a fruity concurring opinion... Here's another video. He wrote a fruity concurring opinion where he said this. Uh, he said this. Guys, prepare for rhyming in the streets for virtual days. <laughs> yeah. Did you show this map? I'm trying to. Like. <laughs> um, about abortion, illegal or soon to be in 16 states pro- post row. My count is 20. I, I went through and counted them earlier. Yeah, you can... Yeah, we'll show some more video. We got a man on the street here. Um, let me let let me read you what Robert's fruity concurring opinion said in at least one place. Do you want me to play this video while we? Um, do well, yeah, yeah, sure. Robert's opinion, I'll sum it up. Still says there is a right to abortion from Moreau. And only the viability rationale, the age of viability being 22 or 23 weeks in row, and that's dropped scientifically. He says that's what's bad. So he's, he's on the Luciferian left, Chief Justice Roberts. But he, he it, allegedly he joined. Um, there are tons of quotes like these uh, from the majority opinion. The court's decision to overrule Roe from 1973, and Casey, 19 years later, from 1992, is a serious jolt to the legal system, regardless of how you view those cases. That's true. A narrower decision rejecting the misguided viability, that would be Roberts if he got his way, uh, would be markedly less unsettling, and nothing more is needed to decide this case. So, yeah, it's unsettling because... uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a a pro-lifer. Sorry. So we're... (laughs) Um, The the, uh, pro-abort voice you were hearing is not Marjorie Taylor Greene. Had a... People were misunderstanding that there. And and, and good for her. It's it's fine. It's fine for your voice to sound a little raspy and indiscreet when you're uh, celebrating a victory such as today. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. Mississippi case, proud to be a Mississippian today, that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. 
I'm trying to address kind of all of the concerns that I know you, parish orphans and retrogrades, have. Now, I know you're going to say, well, look, 20 or so of the states have trigger laws will make it illegal. Can abortion be gotten in about 15 of the states? Probably more. About 15 of the other states will still have to decide, and probably at least half of them will go the wrong way. Yes. But first off, we needed this twin overturn done today. We needed the overturn whereby legislative power is returned to legislatures, not judiciaries. No, no, no. That is not the Republican form of government. One of the Catholic churches, Thomas and, and Bellarmines, endorsed three good regimes. We do not want an oligarchy by a bunch of tyrannical judges. That's how you get Roe versus Wade, uh, Griswold versus Connecticut, Stanley versus Georgia, Texas uh, Lawrence versus Texas, Obergefell versus Hodges. That's how you get those decisions, is by oligarchic decisions made by judges on a bench. Legislatures make law. Judiciaries only interpret them. They should not be making law. That's one overturn. The other overturn from the day is states, localities, like Pius XI says very clearly, like Pius IX felt very clearly, as big, liberal, unifying uh, Italian unification was happening and beating back Vatican City. He was saying, hey, we want to be able to make our Catholic laws for ourselves. Locality, locality. Pius IX said it, felt it. Pius XI codified it. It is a grave wrong, always a mortal sin on the collective level for a more faraway government to do something that a local government is capable of doing. It's a natural principle. The referee closest to the play makes the call. Parents who want to take, the father who wants to take a mother out on a date has to arrange a babysitter to sit with the children. You can't just call in once every half hour and be like, hey, uh, six-year-old, make sure the baby is eating safely and not choking. That doesn't work. That's what laws made in Washington, D.C. do, and it's un-American. Antebellum America, which worked, did not allow laws to be made from Washington, D.C. The Constitution doesn't allow many laws to be made from Washington, D.C. Roe versus Wade, massive baby murder, comes from violations of subsidiarity. Get that straight. Okay, so once you get that straight, and I, I wanted to be real clear about that, uh, now we have to ask, what is, what's going to be the fallout here? So now that it's crystal clear within the confines of American lawfare that laws need to be made by legislatures, this is what, first, second, third grade civics, not by judiciaries, now there can be uh, because it's a civil rights issue one way, pro-lifers, we have this civil rights issue. We can very, very, very plausibly, overwhelmingly plausibly, say, look, it's a civil rights issue if you're pro-life. It's not a civil rights issue if you're pro-abortion. Just pretend that, that I'm talking to a neutral interlocutor that doesn't know how they feel about abortion now. Well, what you can agree is, arguendo, that means assuming the positions of A, a is pro-lifers. It's, it's a, a human rights issue. A basic human rights issue. You're killing a human. Arguendo. If we pro-lifers are correct. 
arguendo B, if B is the pro-abortion person, it's not a human rights issue. Okay, so you just have to, you know, be careful. Be careful the way the liberals say when you have sex. They they're all into contraception, of course. Okay, you just can't get pregnant. You gotta you gotta do it the 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 so-called secular temperate way. Don't have an abortion. It, it's not contra- It's not last minute contraception. But but they would say use contraception. That's what position B would say if it were more moderate. It's not a human rights issue, even if you're pro-abortion. So because now we've been restored to states and the legislatures vis-a-vis this issue, now we could look into a realistic, plausible uh, pro-life lobby, a national pro-life lobby. You start with the states, then you say, look, we need a personhood amendment. And all of a sudden, if you could pass a personhood amendment the way Rand Paul has talked about for a decade, then this, is, this would not be a breach of subsidiarity. If you say, let's amend the federal constitution, this only happened 27 times, this is an area where it is reasonable, especially if we could amend the constitution, to say, look, we define a fetus as a human being. Does that mean you start celebrating your birthday on the day of your conception? No, it doesn't need to be that. We just acknowledge for the purposes of abortion, it doesn't really have many other purposes in American culture and lawfare. A fetus is a person. A person according to the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment has equal protection clause, uh, uh, second due process clause. There's a first due process clause in the 5th Amendment. Privileges and immunities clause, which is sort of no longer active. Um, But the point is they define personhood there. If we say, look, we need an amendment to the 14th Amendment saying, well, person is a human. So, so anything that's genetically human, okay? We're not extending this over broadly. The only, the only group that would be added thereby would be fetuses. They're genetically human. It's, it's science. It's simple. It's indisputable. Fetuses have rights too. And if you did this at the national level, then it's no longer a violation of subsidiarity. Because by definition, even on Pius XI's definition, um, you can't make a constitutional amendment except at the federal level. So you would be in a legislative field that is unique to the national government. Yeah, it's, it's hairy because you go, well, doesn't subsidiarity require that every state uh, legislates for itself? No, not actually. Only on areas of competence, legislative competence. So now, the, the point is this. Now that widely recognized by American culture and legal culture, we call it lawfare, this is a legislative issue. Lawmaking is for legislatures. Now we get the pro-life lobby entangled more directly. And now we say, look, send out lobbyists. First off, try it at the state level to those leftist states. Doing whatever they do. And I've been critical of the pro-life movement. Today is a, 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 a victory for the pro-life movement. I say, hey, we need to call it the anti-abortion movement. I think no time is better than now, now that abortion as an issue has been returned to the states and it's going to be illegal in half the country. I would say now we, we call it the anti-abortion movement. 
Okay, pro-life did its, did its thing. In 49 years of Roe jurisprudence, it accomplished its goal. But now we call it the anti-abortion movement. Now we're, 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 we're zeroing in on the, the cancer cells a little more surgically because it's not the whole country. Now it's just the tinier, bluer states on the coast that are going to have abortion. And you say, make it the anti-abortion movement. And you hit them with a pro-life, anti-abortion lobby. Money. You throw gobs of money at the effort. And you say, let's, uh, let's get rid of this in the states themselves. What, what do you guys say about that? People are uh, talking about the night of rage. Now they're, the, Jane is, uh, Jane Jane's is, revenge. Jane is out. Ruth Just, sent us. All of Ruth these heinous bitches in the street. And, and, and guys... <laughs> That think they're tough. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, this, this is why I didn't want to talk too much about it. I wanted to talk about 14th Amendment, law, the moral justifications for law. That's what we're doing. Today is a great victory. What the Luciferian left will do, they've already promised as much, and I would have been as certain they're going to do this, even if, they hadn't made the promises, written promises, and they hadn't given us a little foretaste, which they have. They've been firebombing churches and pregnancy, uh, you know, anti-abortion pregnancy. Uh, why do I always forget the term here? Clinics to help mothers make the right decision, which is to not abort their kids. Pregnancy viability centers, whatever they're called. So we know for a certainty, with substantial certainty, what they're going to do. The Luciferian left does not take its licks. It does not take its losses. They've promised a night, and the Department of Homeland Security has verified this, of extreme violence called a night of rage. And I don't think it's just going to be one night long anyway. This might not be a full recall of two summers ago in terms of the breadth of violence across America, but in terms of the depth of violence in more in pockets, particularly against our Catholic churches, many of which don't really even look like Catholic churches, right? They almost we blend in. We guys out some of churches tonight. Yeah, we need security squads. We need security squads. And I don't mean, I, I mean you should be legally, lawfully armed. Uh, it, it don't, don't arm yourself unless it's legal and lawful. And you ought to be lawfully armed with the end of protecting yourself or others against serious bodily injury. Check your state's laws. Because again, they vary state to state. Check your state's laws. So these heinous bitches out there promising to harm churches, promising violence against pregnant mothers who are scared, feel alone, just need some counseling at a counseling center, who ultimately know that abortion is wrong, but they're scared. Now, this is, I think, the minority of, of, of women who are pro-abortion or tentatively pro-abortion are the ones that don't really know what they're going to do. Most women who have an abortion are, are deeply callous and have, have some sort of spiritual problem, and they're out in the streets chanting they want to uh, eat aborted babies from, from last week. That was a soundbite. They want to drink the blood of babies. The... That's most women that, that murder their babies. There is a small minority of those who turn to abortion or are attentive and, and 
don't know that that killing someone is murder or whatever. I, I don't get how it would work, right? You know something is alive inside of you. You have substantial certain certitude that it's right. But the point is the women that turn to these pregnancy centers that are being bombed by evil people are uh, the one the minority that are actually wanting in their heart's heart to do the right thing. And the Luciferian left does not want to allow these women to seek out counseling, which will good counsel if you talk to anyone with half a brain will be like, don't commit murder. It's not even that big of a deal. The society is cracked. The moral facade of Christendom has crumbled. I don't, I don't mean to say that's all it is. But the facade has crumbled. No one's even going to judge you. People will celebrate you for no reason at all. People will celebrate uh, mothers of illegitimate children. They, they shouldn't be celebrated, right? We don't want them committing abortion. but And their decision not to abort should be lauded tacitly it's better to be a non-murderer than a murderer but we over celebrate the mediocre right so what are you talking about your life is going to be totally easy it will be i mean not not completely without difficulty but it'll be easy and you'll be celebrated if you're a mother that gave birth to an illegitimate kid yeah i'm probably even saying this if i check comments people like hey don't talk about mothers with illegitimate kids i'm not right Steph was born illegitimately. She's a, my wife is a bastard, right? And she's my favorite favorite person on planet Earth. You are talking to a bastard. You sir are talking to a bastard. So the I'm, I'm, I am sticking up for him. I'm, I'm not celebrating him. I'm sticking up for him. The Luciferian left, the main abortion lobby, feminists. Feminism is abortion. Abortion is feminism. That's why. It's going to stick in the craw of the other side of America so much. Why? Because the force that rules America is not transgenderism, contrary to what you hear in Daily Wire or you know conservative outlets. They only respond to the latest thing. Transgenderism is the latest thing. It is not the power. It is not the muscle. The muscle is feminism. So trannies don't really care about abortion, right? None of them can have kids anyway. They're all <laughs> they're all sterile freaks, the gender dysphorics anyway. We're talking about feminists. They care about abortion because they want sex on demand, last-minute contraception. They want to be able to kill their kid. They want to be able to work outside the home. That's why abortion is such a big deal. And by the way, Ruth sent us and uh, Martha's Revenge or whatever the hell the, the group is called. Like Betty's Anger and like, the, like <laughs> yeah. Susan's Tantrum. Yeah, Susan's Tantrum groups. Called. These are not these are not groups uh, perpetrating violence in the streets by abortion doctors. Who the pro-life movement is is overemphasized as a murder. Now they're 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 accomplices in the murder, right? They're they're the hitmen. Is Pope Pope Francis said this. Multiple times. He said it three times. Abortion doctors are only the hitmen. They're not the ones out in the streets picketing. They're not the ones firebombing clinics. Who are the feminists? Because abortion is feminism. Feminism is abortion. Feminism is all about getting women out of the home. You can't get women out of the home if they're having free love type sex and they're not allowed to kill their baby. If they're not allowed to kill their baby after they have 
free love type sex, they are going to be in the home, which is one of the many reasons to love today's ruling. The main reason is for the life of the illegitimate children out there, like my wife, whom I love so dearly. They need to be protected from their mothers. And, and, and you know, obviously, Steph was born in a time during Roe jurisprudence, meaning it was the admirably good private decision of Steph's mom to, to have her, even though she was a, what, teen mother? Your, your mom. So good for her. But now for those women that would turn murderous, which is lots of women out there who get in this situation, Roe will force them. Uh, sorry, Dobbs will force them if they live in more states than than the opposite. It will force them. Hey, you you got to have this baby or travel from state to state. And most people that will commit a convenience murder, i.e. mothers who are pregnant, will not actually. The, the numbers, the studies on this have shown they're very typically if they're willing to be a, a kind of a murderer because of convenience, they're not going to leave their state. Well, that's why Planned Parenthood sets up shop in poor black neighborhoods right. for the convenience right. of these black mothers to abort their babies. Right. So we know what's going on here, and they know what's going on. It's here. a war of attrition via convenience. The only, I mean, think about it. it it's like if I told you, hey, you're going to get a major strike on your record. The state's going to think you're a murderer if you don't run to 7-Eleven and buy a bag of ice. A normal person would be like, I'll go ahead and do it. I'll go get that bag of ice. Because that's a big strike. That's what it is. If you get pregnant, you're messing around, you get a triple-double. <laughs> By that I mean you get impregnated, you're trying to bend the rules. It's natural vice, fornication. I get it, people. I get it. It's, it's a natural vice, not an unnatural one. It's when we all understand fornicating. Let, let me just put that out there. Everyone gets it. It's, it's, it's an easy trap to fall into, you know? Men, women are pretty. Women, men are whatever. I can't even say it. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. I don't believe men are pretty. But, but men and women are attracted to each other. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, and, and so it's an easy... Everyone understands, right? But the people that are willing to commit murder just because they're like, look, I got caught. The point of sex is procreation. I got caught holding the bag holding the baby in my body. I'm just going to deal with it. It's not going to be that inconvenient, right? It's 2022. Society has crumbled. This is what I was saying before. Everyone will understand. Just don't become a murderer. All you got to do is go get a bag of ice from 7-Eleven, have the baby, raise the baby, or at the very worst, have the baby and give it up for adoption. It's not too much to ask to not be a murderer, right? That's all you have to do. But they're the same type of people that wouldn't get, wouldn't avoid a major felony on their record just for a 15-minute run to this local 7-Eleven. It's a kind of a horrible analogy because that, that situation has never been real. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the, the worst people that the, <laughs> the people that commit murder out of convenience because they don't want to get fat for nine months. Or, or be slow when you go to the zoo. You, you know, you have to take an extra break for nine months. Just, they're the, they're the, the kind of mediocre moral intellects that will not cross state boundaries to go get the border. Like, oh, if I have to war, if I have to walk on these gams to my car and get in and drive to another state, 
to get an abortion, I guess I'll just have the baby. You can see they're not concerned with the principle of right and wrong at all. Well, of course, this is the kind of person. I mean, and this goes for anybody that would seriously consider getting an abortion too, even if you decided the right way. You're not a person of principle. I'm just saying that. It's not to discourage anyone. It's better, better late than never to come up with the obvious precept, you can't kill a baby because, because it's, it's kind of inconvenient. I have little Penelope sitting five feet from us right now. She's the size of a newborn. She's a preemie. And they're, they cry a lot. They need a lot of attention. But you, you can't, if I have to articulate this, this is how fall, far Christendom has fallen. You can't kill a baby or shake a baby or throw a baby into the river or expose it on the riverbed just because it costs you a little bit socially. It costs you a little bit of energy, costs you sleep, costs you a little money, not much. Costs you time more than anything and energy. You don't get to kill it. If you're like taking notes, scribbling furiously into your notebook, like, okay, don't kill young human, then you're not a person of principle. You are the kind of person that needs the lawfare desperately, which is why today's decision, Dobbs versus Jackson, is so momentous because there are, newsflash, a lot of these people running around, more than a republic was meant to have. These people that will kill their kid if you let them. Kill their kid if you let them. Uh... Yeah, yeah, and, and people are people are pointing out, I, I, I will own this, that the three Trump justices, thank you, thank you for pointing this out, giving me the opportunity, the three Trump justices I did think would cop on this issue, would cop out, and they did not. So hats off to them, and uh, I was wrong. I thought all three, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch would all sell us short on this decision. Wrong. Wrong. So good for them. I'm happy to be wrong. Like I said, I think I said that at the time. Look, I'll be happy to be wrong on this. People think that's just rhetoric. I am thrilled. I am. Now, I did have my, I mean, there's still, still, just so you know, everything I said, I meant unequivocally. In the last 20 seconds. But just so you know, the two ballers are Alito and Thomas. I mean, Thomas is talking about let's let's undo all substantive due process. That's what a baller he is. Alito is the man. He is the man. So, do, I mean, shoot. <laughs> like, these are the two ballers on the Supreme Court. ACB, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, good for you. But I mean, hey, you guys said as much about uh, Roberts, right? Everyone knows Roberts sold us out on a Burgafell. And everyone was saying, oh, he's not going to be part of the six-person majority. It looked like he was part of the four-person minority uh, from the May 2nd draft release. So, yes, you don't know until you know. And I was wrong on my prediction as to who would do what if there were a Dobbs type of case. I've been saying it since Trump made those picks. And I think he could have made better picks. I'll still say that. But I was wrong on the rationale for why. So God bless them. Uh, salute, tip of the hat, whatever you want to call it, to ACB, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and I guess to Roberts as well. 
okay, so can we put that can we put that to bed? Um, I I'm surprised. I was surprised May second that the decision looked this strong, and I'm really proud of Alito, and especially Justice Thomas, who's got an awesome wife, and is just an awesome awesome man. Uh, I'm really proud of those two guys. It'll be and very interesting to see how the actual opinion differs from the one that was leaked. I would like to see that. Yeah, well, it's out. I mean, we we I was gonna. Do people really want the details on that? Um, I it, it's important. I think the more when I was thinking about should I spend an hour skimming this thing because it's like 200 plus pages. Spend an hour. Or just get the highlights and then spend 15 minutes discussing what the real legal theory of Roe was and what the real legal theory that was overturned was. And it it does all boil down to my kind of 15-minute opening. Two overturns today. Legislatures are favored over judiciaries and state legislatures are favored over the national legislature. That does not mean, as I said, the caveat here is that doesn't mean in all cases as concerns abortion, that the national legislature, particularly acting, the Congress, acting at the behest of a constitutional amendment defining personhood, that would not be a breach of subsidiarity to define personhood. The court's decision to overrule Roe and Casey is a serious jolt to the legal system, regardless of how you view those cases. A narrower decision rejecting the misguided viability line Rose primary rationale would be markedly less unsettling. This is what it sounds like Justice Roberts would have done if he had his druthers. And nothing more is needed to decide this case. Uh, and, and it is clear, it is clear, even the dissenting opinion admits that states can now ban abortion at basically any time. They think that's bad. They're saying that's bad. This is how Luciferian these, uh, the, the feminist justices are. Of the four dissenters, um, it's it's striking, right? Uh, they think it's bad that states can outlaw murder anytime they want. At that point, uh, <laughs> comfortably smug on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate this a lot. Said, "Thank you, RBG." By refusing to retire, you made this day possible. Think about it. Think about the logistics of that. I am liking that and uh, retweeting that. (laughs) As she looks up from the afterlife at us, right? (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg looks up uh, from from, uh, the inferno and thinks, damn, I should have retired and done whatever a hateful old lady like that does in her retirement, rather than staying in the chair, in the seat, on the bench, until her accursed dying breath. She thought she was doing good for the bad guys, and she, she, uh, she just, she just gave us the row overturn. I guess Missouri already banned abortion a few minutes ago, so the states are, some states are falling in line. Okay, so Missouri, just for one sort of um, inaction case, was not one of the 20 trigger law states, and they're, they're one of the ones that... Trigger law means it was already uh, like a sprung trap. In the chat, 11 states have laws in the, on the books 
that will ban abortion immediately up to 26 will ban it within a few days or weeks. Yeah, they're, they're, I was reading, there are different categories here. It's kind of a devil in the details situation. I was reading that, that a lot of states have semi-trigger laws that, that allow just a, a, an emergency convening of the state legislature. And so they'd already taken some steps for the eventuality. Of course, Mississippi's one of the, being the, the titular, the headlining case, you know, Dobbs versus Jackson, Mississippi, women's health, uh, is one of the trigger ones. So I guess it's 11, between 11 and 30 states is the range, you know, have, have trigger laws. Those who want to diminish it by the strictest possible standards for what constitutes a trigger law state, have I've seen as low as 11, and I've seen as high as 30 for the ones that are being the most lenient about what it means to be a trigger law state. So it's going to be all said and done. It's going to be in America. How does it stand with abortion? In about a week, it's going to probably be a 30 to 20 anti-abortion to very pro-abortion, red to blue proportion. Expect something along the lines of 30 states, give or take a couple, will be anti-abortion, 20 states will be pro-abortion, and there are some uh, there is some distinction of degree possible that's left by the adjudication of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health today. Are there any uh, other questions? This is a feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus um, and John the Baptist. And, and John the Baptist. That's a that's a that's a big one. This one, John the Baptist got moved a day. Um, interesting. Now, <laughs> I want to point out something about that. It's the twenty fourth, right? The feast of John the Baptist, as it moved from um, uh, June the twenty third on the old calendar in the church. There's a reason I know this. Feast of St. John the Baptist moved from the 23rd on the old calendar to June the 24th on the new calendar. There's a special FU involved in this decision coming out today. Today is the anniversary of the foundation of the Freemasons. John the Baptist Day, June the 24th by uh, uh, Weishaupt. Okay, it was June the 24th. They were organized at the Goose and gridiron grill or something like that in in london so um in 1717 june the 24th 1717 so 305 years later to the day f you guys right the freemasons who <laughs> gave us forced abortion jurisprudence under row uh, you know as organized on their birthday june the 24th they lose today and they with all this back and forth that, that, you know, between the two principal actors, morally speaking, in the world, good faithful Catholics under the auspices of the Catholic Church and its primary foe in the world, the Luciferian Illuminist Masons, um, they picked June 24th to be an FU to us Catholics because of the feast day of John the Baptist. They have, they have special uh, kind of perverted roles for John the Baptist in Freemasonry. 1717, June the 24th, uh, they organize as a, you know, playing on, as the Masons do, the Catholic calendar. Um, and 
now, of course, it's a feast day. So, no, I think I think the feast day got moved back a day from 24th to 23rd, something like that. And people are saying it's Pride Month, too, so... Pride! It, I mean, but, you know, gays are, can't have kids, so... <laughs> That's the funny part. And the consecration to Russia happening this year. That might have something to do with it. Look, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to say any more about this. If you read Windswept House... There's a very plausible, it's, it's super zoomed out, super plausible account given for why the late 60s, not the early 60s, the late 60s after 1963, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s were such a time, such a heyday for Luciferianism. Why America didn't talk about the big issues. Conservatives only talked about topmost tax rates and and things like that. They didn't talk about abortion. Why conservatives in the 70s and 80s, like many of our parents who were Catholic, Catholic conservatives, didn't whine or kick up any kind of fuss about the liturgical nightmare that they just lived through. How, How do you account for that? You're a lifelong Catholic, a lifelong conservative, the only reason that I probably haven't gone SSPX, I've never said this before, is because I'm young enough not to have lived through the council. If I ever grew up, I mean, I'd like to think I had the grace not to not to do this. And I know a lot of you guys go to SSPX chapels, and I, I don't beat up on SSPX, but I have lots of friends that go to the chapels. But just just as a kind of white flag, I'm 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 saying something now publicly that I always say privately. If I'd have had to live through that shit, you know, the changing of the old mass ubiquitously to the goofball Novus Ordo, I'd, I'd probably be going to SSPX too. Just experientially, it's too enraging, right? I know I grew up in the 80s and 90s with the Novus Ordo knowing no other way. Then when I found the Latin mass, I found it as a boon, you know, when I was first married. Found it as a boon, so it was more like a good thing. Because I didn't know it existed before. This is how perspective really matters. So I was just like, oh, wow. Growing up in the Novus Order, you just assume it's all fake. It's all just something for middle-aged kind of boomer ladies in bad sandals that have, you know, let everything else in their lives go. So now they just pretend on eagle's wings is really beautiful. <laughs> that, 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 you think that's the expression of the one true faith? Wow, I'm just an atheist or an agnostic. Then you find out, oh no, there's this real rich uh, tradition um, and the the chamberlains of the, the, the pimpish chamberlains of the court just stole it from us before I was even born. Wow. It just puts you in a good mood while the tradition makes everything look so plausible. Proves stuff in a certain sense. So my perspective was altered. That's why I have my temper a little bit under control when it comes to on eagle's wings. A little more under control. <laughs> than I would if I were an old guy that had to live through that, that nonsense. So, but but I mean, here's, here's my point. There's a very long-winded way of saying, it appears that Malachi Martin was right, that there was an enthronement of Satan in the Vatican in 1963, and the one was simultaneously done in America in 1963, and that there was some sort of availing time, capital A, capital T, as Malachi Martin calls it, of about 40 years through the millennium, from about 1963 to roughly 2000, 2003, 
where there was a diabolic disorientation that fell over Christendom and allowed the brain rot, the just gobbledygook of the post-conciliar church to descend like a fog on the polises and on Christendom itself and not have the most sensible people being like, what is going on? So that's why I think, I mean, it's, it's really a zoomed out explanation, but that's why you're seeing some rebound on the consecration of Russia. You know, boomers used to really, really go after anyone hard who said Russia still needed to be consecrated. I still have a Catholic Answers mag sitting over there. I think I published an article in this same mag where I was like, why are they going after anyone so hard who says that Russia needs to be consecrated? They really would take after you. Kind of boomer, normier outfits like that. And um, look, the, the, the non-normies were vindicated. Pope Francis consecrated Russia. That's crazy. You know, boomer normies would go after your heart. Even if they're kind of conservative voters, they'd be like, look, abortion is, look, we, we just can't, it's a done deal. We can't revisit Roe versus Wade. I've been told this by Republicans who consider themselves conservative. They're always the boomers that were cutting their teeth as teens or young adults during this, what I think is the availing time, late 60s, 70s. Some of us grew up in the, in the 90s or, you know, I was, I was a little kid in the 80s. I think today is a major victory. Dobbs versus Jackson is a major victory for obvious reasons, but it's also a punctuation point, an exclamation point. That really is go. it gives us, if we have the eyes to see a wider view of history and be like, wow. America turned really Masonic starting in the 40s with these 14th Amendment extrapolations at the high court. Got really bad in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. But now that that so-called availing time is done, we're undoing some of the damage. Benedict XVI, with his reform of the reform, was supposed to undo some of the damage. He really undid virtually none of it, very little of it. So we, so we tend to be really, really uh, not cautiously optimistic. We trads. Cautiously cautious. And we'd be like, look, Benedict's the best we've done since the, in the post-conciliar era, and look what he's done. But look at what society's doing outside of the church. I'm not saying it's normal for things to be inverted, but society outside of the church, under Dobbs versus Jackson, I guess society in the church, consecrating Russia, Maybe there's hope after all. Now, this doesn't mean, folks, that you ought not get to a, a red state from your blue state, and you ought not to get to a red state with more purposes than just your, your family's private happiness. That's the first reason. But the other reasons are we're still going to have to break the whole thing up at some point. Case for national divorce. Today cuts a little bit the other way. Maybe there's some hope, but I still got a million reasons on the other side. Get out of your blue state. Get to a red state today. Go to realestateforlife.org and get out fast. Get out this summer while you have time. Today's the fourth day of summer, okay? Use this summer to transfer jobs, get a job you can work from remotely, or just look for jobs in a red state and move. Get the hell out. Go to realestateforlife.org. 
things are going to be more dichotomous, blue state to red state, after Dobbs. And I do encourage you guys, Parish Orphans Retrogrades, the night of rage has been promised. Even the leftist deep state Department of Homeland Security has warned churches they're coming for you guys. So get on, particularly if you're a young male, 20 to 40, get on your parish's uh, security team. If your parish doesn't have a security team, ask the pastor, can I, can I organize an ad hoc militia-type security team for the parish and defend them? These are just a bunch of girls that are going to be coming around with some fruity, tranny-type guys. It won't take many men standing in front of a church to deter a bunch of girls and trannies from coming around and looting. It's going to be a more surgical version of the summer of 2020, and you're not going to have the widespread urban unrest. So in some ways, I think it'll be easier to deter. Do that. Defend lawfully yourself and others and churches and pregnancy counseling centers. And celebrate today and thank the great good Lord for this victory. There are still some faithful. There is a remnant in this country and we have gained a great victory. God bless those Supreme Court justices, all, all six of them on that majority. We need to go further than Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. That's in the future. High ground by nightfall. Deus Volt. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.